You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Welcome back to another episode of the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. And guys, we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, one week and one day before the NBA draft, and we have a ton to discuss. In today's episode, we'll talk about Kevin Durant's Achilles injury, and how that might affect Kyrie Irving and other player movement this summer. We'll talk about the Celtics and their rumored interest in Clint Capella and Mike Conley, among others. We'll also touch on a brand new SI profile about player agent Rich Paul and sort of a uh, a stern warning to Danny Ainge. But first, as always, we'll ask you to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen. Please give us a follow on Twitter, at winningplayspod. As always, we'd like to thank CLNS Media for continuing to host this podcast and to betonline.ag for being the best sponsor we've ever had. And guys, uh, we're going to get right into it with uh, this SI profile. Rich Paul, uh, agent for LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Marcus Mook Morris. Uh, and let's, let's start with this quote. This is what he had to say about the idea of the Celtics trading for Anthony Davis. Quote, they can trade for him, but it'll be for one year. I mean, if the Celtics trade for Anthony Davis, we would go there and we would abide by our contractual obligations and we would go into free agency in 2020. I've stated that to them. But in the event that he decides to walk away and you give away assets, don't blame Rich Paul. So, making it about him, first of all. But, Brian Robb, our resident Celtics beat writer, what's your, I mean, we, we, we could expand on this, this, this greater profile in general, but Specifically, this quote. What's what's your what's your initial reaction when you heard this or read this? This isn't. I mean, I feel like this has kind of been. I don't know if it was the assumption, but the understanding from day one, ever since the ever since Rich Paul came out with his trade demand back in February, when while the Celtics couldn't even trade for Davis, this you know this has all been posturing on his half, and now he's just taking it to a new level now that the Celtics are in the game. And the finish line is, you know, approaching. So do I, I mean, this is nothing, I'm not sure this is going to change anything from the Celtics perspective in terms of how they're going to deal with the situation because they, I don't know if they were assuming this, Mike, already, but like, you know, this, while this might kind of turn the public against Davis or the idea of Davis coming to Boston more so, I don't think it's going to really change the calculus much at all as far as what the Celtics were going to do anyway. No, I I agree. And I, in reading the entire profile was struck, just, I I didn't understand a lot of it. I I don't get why Anthony Davis does not reportedly want to play 
for the Celtics, given Rich Paul's reasoning for why he should play with the Lakers, which <laughs> he was... wants history, Mike. He wants history. Yeah, exactly. It's like there was uh, George Mikan and Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And oh, by the way, it's the most dysfunctional franchise in the NBA right now. It's a laughingstock. It's embarrassing. And to, you know, try to separate trying to get LeBron James another top flight superstar as a teammate from Anthony Davis's happiness and what he wants. I, I was not convinced by that. And so I'm just, I'm left kind of like, bottom line, I, I think the Celtics will still pursue Anthony Davis uh, in a belief that they can win the championship next season if he's on the team. But I'm just confused by why Anthony Davis does not want to go to Boston and would rather be a Laker given what has transpired over the past however many months with both organizations. Not to mention, you talk about embarrassments. Uh, it seems that Rich Paul would also prefer that Anthony Davis lands with the Knicks than the Celtics. Yeah. You know? that... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I think, so are we, I guess when, when he's out there making comments like this, you have to assume he's speaking for Anthony Davis. I mean, because that's what, that's what I wonder. I wonder if Anthony Davis feels the same way, because I personally feel like no matter how many clients Rich Paul has, he only has one client. I feel like everything he's doing, everything he says is through the prism of what LeBron James wants to be said. So like, I, I don't know, like I, I, if Anthony Davis agrees with everything here, I don't know if I, I would want to acquire it. You yeah. know, I, I, but, but again, if, he, if he's in there, if he comes to Boston and he is a somewhat of, of sound mind and is a competitive player and really does want to win, it, it, it doesn't make sense. And, and we are reaching the point where it, it's almost hard to to cover Rich Paul and, and, and do these interviews just in, a, in an honest way because he's not an honest person. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just look at, from, from a social perspective of, you know, with Davis and with Paul, I guess, you know, maybe in the past you look at the, this deal with thinking, okay, like, you know, you, you put a percentage on the risk that Davis walks in terms of what you're willing to give up. Um, now you might just have to look at it simply as, you know, he's gone and kind of look at it that way. Like, at least you hope he's not, but you have to like play it with the assumption that he is and, you know, use that to factor in what you're going to give up for that one year window of opportunity. Because you're right, Rich. I mean, like, I think the, you know, dealing with Paul in good faith at this point, given everything that's gone on here, like it's, that's a road that that's a very dangerous road to go down. It looks like, um, well, cause they also say in the feature that, you know, there was a report that, that, uh, Paul had approached certain assistant coaches to see if they wanted to roll on vocal staff, right. On, on his own. And he, and he apparently denies it. And the Lakers deny that in the story. I know for a fact that Rich, that, that, that he is doing that for executives and coaches. I can, I can go on the record and say, I know that he is operating behind the scenes and whether or not the Lakers know about it, I know he's doing it. So, so I mean, it's so clearly that he can't get that control in Boston, obviously. So that's why he doesn't want to go there. Rich, do you feel like that's how big of a part of the equation is that? For I mean, my, my, I mean, again, I've never talked to Rich Ball. My opinion is that he doesn't want it because he wants him to play with LeBron James. And, and, and no matter where LeBron is, I mean, the Celtics are always going to be his foil to a certain extent, you know, every step along the way. So, you know, that's, that's my personal opinion, but I don't know. I said, I, I just don't, 
I have a hard time taking anything he says seriously. Well, that's every agent, right? And that's this, is, this is this is a respect. This is a certain a, a special case, but yeah, I agree uh, to, about that. Mm, yeah, I I don't. I mean, I don't really know if it's a special case. I think that's a little unfair to Rich Paul. I mean. Just real quick, like, I, I get what you're saying, Rich, about how he has one humongous client, but it's like Eric Bledsoe's $70 million extension was a really good move by Rich Paul for Eric Bledsoe that had literally nothing to do with LeBron James. You know what I mean? So he's like, he is a, he, I think he is a pretty good agent and a lot of people respect him in the NBA, players respect him, et cetera. I mean, I think that that's shown through in the piece, but for me, and I get that Anthony Davis has a right to obviously do whatever he wants, and he has his own agency, and that's what this is all about. But I just can't understand why he is so against assuming that this is what he wants. I just don't get why he is against going to the Celtics if everything publicly he has said is about I want to win. I don't, I don't understand that personally. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's just like yeah, clear cut no thing. So, like, and whether or not, like, the Celtics believe, okay, like, we can change that when he gets here, like, he's going to get a taste of this, or they look at what happened with Kyrie this past year and being like, is that, you know, is this going to be hanging over the heads, all everyone's heads all year and be a, you know, learn from that experience, if you will. Um, that's the question. I think that kind of leads us into our, you know, the other component of this that obviously happened the last couple of days, the uh, Kevin Durant's uh, very unfortunate, what looks like a torn Achilles, which um, is not official yet, but I think it's safe to say that he'll be missing a very sizable chunk of next season, if not all of it, depending on how that rehab goes. But I mean, the, the, the domino effect on this guy is, is huge for the whole league, but particularly let's, I guess let's start, from the Celtics and work our way out, if you will. Um, you know, Durant wasn't coming here, obviously, but the fact that he's out of the equation as a factor during next season, at least from an on the court perspective, um, how do you think that changes anything with Kyrie Irving or just the team's plan as a whole for going for it next year? Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny to look at this from the prism of the Celtics first, but <laughs> I guess we have to. Um, I mean, if there's any free agent who is impacted by this, it's got to be Kyrie, who is, has been linked to Kevin Durant for however long. I mean, the, the idea that they would team up on the Knicks or the Nets or wherever. I mean, now you would think that this will impact Kyrie potentially Kyrie's decision-making in, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that this will push him back towards the Celtics. I, I don't necessarily think that, but I think this is kind of a devastating blow for the Knicks in particular, because it, it seemed like from reporting from multiple reporters that, uh, you know, Kyrie is leaning towards the Nets and he wants Katie to go to the Nets. So, the Nets might just be like, okay, we'll sign Kyrie and, and sign. Now there's this report about Tobias Harris. So we'll sign a, a, a sub, a, a technically a max level player, but you know, it's not a, a, a grade A max level player. And we'll team him up with Kyrie and we'll see what happens with our culture. 
But for the Knicks, it's like they were also an Anthony Davis trade suitor. So if Kevin Durant is not part of the equation, or even if, you know, he has this torn Achilles and he's not going to play all next season, what is your motivation now to trade for Anthony Davis? You know, you have the third, there's some good assets that are there that you would have to give up for a guy who may not ever be the same. So it's like, that's kind of, I think that impacts it a lot uh, from the Celtics perspective is, okay, this, this could completely cut off a big or a prominent Anthony Davis suitor, which I, th- I think that's the bigger component here than this will push Kyrie Irving back to the Celtics. Yeah, but I, those I, things may be connected as well. Yeah, and I do, I do wonder a little bit about, about a pushing Kyrie back just because, you know, and, and he's never come out and said this, but I've always assumed, and we've discussed this, that I don't know if, if he would leave Boston and put himself in a position where he's farther away from a championship. And, you know, and teaming up with KD, you know, that was a, that was a step up. But now when he looks around and like, and, you know, it'd be crazy for, for a team to step up and give KD what, what he deserves, so given this injury. And like, I don't think Jimmy Butler moves the needle quite the same way. So you wonder, you know, and, and I guess in that, in that sense, it's nice that, that Danny Ainge has left the door open. I'm sure a lot of Celtics fans, you know, closed it themselves. But I do wonder if he considers it now and he looks around, and he's like, all right, so Kevin's not going to be there. And maybe if if they have AD, that the Boston is 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 the best place for. It will be fast. Like the the the, the whole Kawhi factor here too is is fascinating in terms of the East West standpoint. If Things, he's gone, you mean? If, exactly, in terms of the window for in the East, because you look at it, it could be really tough for the Celtics, even if they get AD, um, if you know Kawhi staying and. You know, Philly keeps everyone, and then Milwaukee brings everyone back. That's still, you're still probably at least two or three in the pecking order there. Um, but if Kawhi is going west, and Durant is out of the picture for at least one year, or potentially even stays out, like stays with Golden State um, for another year, who know? I mean, we can talk about that later. Um, then, and then maybe like Tobias Harris goes to Brooklyn or something like that and Philly's weekend, then you're looking at a situation where it's just like Milwaukee and then a, the Celtics and Philly obviously will be in the mix, but I think that's a still favorable matchup for the Celtics in that situation. So that's, again, you're not going to get the answers for that by the draft, by a potential AD trade time. So that's, that again is the, the risk reward situation that the front office is going to have to deal with now I don't know if he can even project here, but they're clearly going to have to be collecting all kinds of intel in terms of like what's actually going to happen here um, while simultaneously figuring out, you know, what what's a reasonable gamble to take, if at all. Yeah, and I mean, it feels a little callous to bring this up, but it, the other factor, as you kind of alluded to, B-Rob, is just that if if Kevin Durant is not on the court next season, there's really no boogeyman for anyone. I mean... You, if you have a, a top five player, I said this in our last episode, if you have a top five player, you should have the belief that you can win the championship next season. And so if you trade for Anthony Davis, like regardless of where Kawhi goes almost, I, I think that the Celtics would be a legitimate title contender. I think there would be six, five or six legitimate title contenders. And it would be in the margin for error or the margin for, I guess, 
victory in the playoffs, I mean, would not be great between any of the teams. I mean, if you look at what happened in the second round between the Raptors, like the Raptors are on the are knocking on the door of a title right now. Like they easily could have lost to the 76ers in the second round, like easily. So they were down 0-2 in the in the conference finals. And they were down 0-2 in the conference. That's exactly right. And and in game three, that game went to double overtime. Their season is over <laughs> if they lose that. So I think the like there's no dominant team. There's no boogeyman. There's no Golden State Warriors winning 73 games. There's no uh like superhuman figure a la LeBron James who went to the finals for eight straight years. There's just there's just none of that in the NBA right now. And so, again, even with what Rich Paul is saying, I think the removal of Durant from the equation only increases the likelihood of the Celtics really aggressively pursuing Anthony Davis. Uh, I want to. We can touch really quickly on on some landing spots for KD in a second. But first, I want to tell everyone about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. It is the best spot to place your bets for. I mean, I guess what's left of the NBA Finals. If we can get this up fast enough, there's one game left of the Stanley Cup Finals. A whole lot of baseball left to bet on if you're into that sort of thing. They have live betting. They have a virtual casino. Uh, BetOnline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred sportsbook online. And if you want to join in on the fun and like to support this podcast, we'd really appreciate it. All you have to do is go to clnsmedia.com backslash winning plays and use the promo code CLNS50 for that 50% sign-up bonus. That's CLNS50, BetOnline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. And real quick, let me let me tell you guys where they have uh, Kevin Durant for next year. So I, I'm assuming that this that these were this is live right now. So this was obviously released after the injury. So they have the Knicks and Warriors both at plus 150 right now. They're they're the two favorites. Knicks and Warriors, and we've discussed this. Maybe there's a little there's always a little bump up. I think with the when the Knicks are involved, just because the New York gamblers were probably you know jump at the chance to just the dream about KD being there. So uh, Knicks and Warriors are both plus 150. The Clippers are plus 300. And then the Lakers and Nets are both uh, plus 1,000. So 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. Those are basically your uh, your five candidates. And they also have the Thunder at 100 to 1 just for fun. But uh, Knicks, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, and Nets are your favorites according to betonline.ag. Any immediate reactions to that? The Lakers are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the same thing as we're talking about with the Knicks, right? Yeah. Just uh, Lakers fans with too much money that want to dream big. I mean, the Warriors obviously went up a ton since this injury. I would imagine in the in that in those odds, like they weren't co favorites to keep them before. Should I'd we? Uh, I'd maybe throw ten dollars on the Thunder just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing yeah. it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. Should we, like, real quick, what do you guys think about his financial value right now? I mean, do, there's there are reports about, it's like it, the contrasting report is basically, or the fear, I should say, is that he will never be the same player and he, sh- he will never again be, uh, forget about the time missed, he'll never be a top three player who can, you know, carry a team on his back to the NBA Finals as just this elite all-around like uh, impact force um but like is there any fear do you think from teams around the league of, of offering him a max contract this summer the teams that have been planning for you know however many years to do so 
I don't think so because what's the alternative for those teams? Like I, maybe one team will pull out of the mix out of giving them like a four year max, but like given the marketing involved and the dollars involved and everything else he, you know, brings to the equation, you know, brings to the table. I just can't see, you know, any, like a team like the Nets or the Clippers teams that have been planning for years, like, going back and thinking, okay, we have a we have a better alternative plan, especially when you look at free agency for the next two years. Like perhaps Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't want to be the one that does it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean the Celtics don't have to worry about that like aspect of it, which is who knows, maybe it'd be a blessing in disguise for them. Or any but other I, team I, that doesn't. Would you rather have hypothetically, let's say you're the clipper or whatever team, would you rather have K D on a four year max Assuming that he also has the player option in in year four, mm-hmm. or Jimmy Butler in a four year max, um, I would probably still take KD. I'm taking Jimmy. How, well, well, okay, who are you putting? So what, who, who are you putting with Jimmy? Like, is Jimmy alone? It does, is, well, just it's kind of just whatever. I mean, but that's kind of besides the point here because, like, so you're taking KD. Uh, all the questions that come with the Achilles, uh, the fact that he probably will not play in the first year that you're paying him what thirty five, thirty six million dollars, mm-hmm. and then so, he's getting back to his, and then he's getting getting then, warmed up for the and next then year. The, yeah, the, then there's the year back where he's. It's very unlikely he's the same guy we just saw average thirty five points a game on fifty forty ninety shooting in the playoffs, and then uh, he's in a contract year. <laughs> so. so what what at at age what thirty two thirty three, so I'll take one year of KD over four years of Jimmy Butler. Wow. <laughs> okay, and, and, <laughs> yeah, and just... so you're paying and you're paying him for three for that one year. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. I mean, I see that, what I, you're saying. I, I'm not but like, you know, a, like just I the don't. upside. No, no, like if if Jimmy's there, if Jimmy's a like a like an option three, then no, then it it, it changes, and I think that could be where things shift a little bit on the AD landscape here too, because all these teams that have been hoarding cap space, Clippers, Nets, Knicks to a lesser degree. Now I think, you know, we talk about the incentive for the Celtics to get AD goes up. I think the incentive for them goes up, especially for the Clippers. Cause it's like, all right, if you can't team up, you know, you, you trade, you know, you get Kawhi to sign and you trade for AD and you are quickly uh, a top contender. Or the same with the Nets in terms of trading for AD and signing Kyrie. Like, those situations change now with, obviously, the risk involved of signing KD for the reasons we already just talked about right there. So, does that, do you guys agree with that? Do you think that, you know, these teams are going to think about it differently based on that? So, I mean, so, okay, so let, let's say let's say they don't. Right, so they, they've they've been saving up all this. So Jimmy Butler is an option. Like who else? Who else? What else can they do? What else can they do with this money? They can't just hold it for another year. Tobias right? Harris. I just don't know. I mean, this injury is so complicated. And for a guy, I mean, the thing about KD, he was one of the best defenders at his position. I mean, he was you know not that he was always on the ball, but he was blocking over a shot a game for the basically the last. I mean, it's harder to find years that he didn't do it. Um, he was averaging six assists this year. I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't know how you can come back and be the same player. I think KD, especially, you know, where he is, you know, mentally or, or, or emotionally, I think he might have some difficulty with that as well. And there's just you're you're basically putting all your eggs into. He's going to be 31 soon. 
all your eggs into that basket. For you said 36 a year, basically, to get one year. Are the Warriors going to offer him the max? I think they would in a heartbeat. Even with all the, the tax penalties? Oh, I think they would in a heartbeat, yeah. If he agreed to sign a five-year max, yeah, they would do that in a heartbeat. they do that in a heartbeat? They're, yeah, they're... Uh, look, the Warriors are really interesting because obviously they can win the championship without him. And they're opening this new stadium next year. And, uh, you know, you have obviously Clay Thompson's free agency this summer, but assuming you, you five-year max him, then you have to worry about Draymond Green's free agency the year after that. And so, you know, this could crumble, I think, a little quicker than people anticipate, uh, if not for, like, I, I just think re-signing KD would keep it all together, even if, um, I don't think this is likely, but well, even if he he were to miss all of next season. But they're going to have hundreds of millions of dollars in tax, repeater tax penalties, if they try to bring everyone back at the max. Which, again, if the, which I'm saying, like, if the Warriors are going to do that, there's no question all these other teams that don't have that, you know, just to have that one year where, you know, the percentage chance that, you know, he is, gets back to form, I think all these teams give him the four-year max. Because Warriors I don't are think... also the team where he can, like, where he can be, like, comfortably, like, a third option for a year or two once he's sure. back. You know, even Absolutely. if he's just out there to spread the floor for a little bit until he's able to be himself, and he can probably be comfortable because he'd, he'd be all right deferring to Steph, obviously. And even think, Clay, if it gets to that. Yeah, I think the other thing that is tricky is that, you know, it's not like you can, for next year, it's like, if he leaves, I think they have a little more wiggle room with regards to building out their team. But if he stays and he signs that deal, that obviously makes it a little more tricky. And as we saw, as we've seen in the in this series, like, they're so thin at so many important in important positions that, like I don't know, it would be it would be tough, and then you also have obviously like Kevon Looney is free agent. It's just you, things could get tricky. So I don't know. I'm going back and forth right now, but I think I I would I would max him out for five years in two seconds if I were them. That's would just he, would he have to sign a contract this year? What do you mean? Could he just take a year off and rehab? No, I mean he could opt in with the Warriors and take the thirty three million. He has a player option. Yeah, right now. I would imagine, so like, he's always, if he just wants to like do that and, and re-enter free agency next year, he can. I don't really see the. Right, you're, not, you're not actually hitting the market on a, on a high oh, note. In that exactly. Case. Like why, I don't understand like the upside. It seems to be a, all is, downside for him to, to not take a, a long-term deal right now. But this is also, we have to remember a very unique case, like. This has never happened before where a guy this good who is already top 12, top 15 players who's ever lived in his prime has torn his Achilles. Right. It's, it's like never happened. So right. in on it, like heading into free agency. So like it's, it is a really diff, difficult thing to, to weigh and, and to judge. But I, I, I think I stand by that. Um, the Warriors would definitely give him the five-year max if, if he wanted that. Yeah, such a shame. He he really was ready to take over that number one spot. I think for 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 at least the next couple of years. I think a lot would argue that he already did. But yeah, no, I think that's fair too. Yeah, I mean, and so the, but think about it though, from even a a league wide or a Celtics perspective, like this clearly, you know, he, 
the odds of him staying in Golden State, like everyone thought he was gone from Golden State, you know, days ago. And now they're co-favorites to keep him. Hmm. So you have one, you potentially have one year of opportunity now to really go after it without him there in Golden State, like, you know, active. Maybe he comes back at the end of the year, but he's clearly not going to be the same guy um, this, whenever he comes back for that one year anyway. So do all teams around the league, and, and including the Celtics, have to throw caution to the wind even more now in the sense being like, we just, while this injury looks bad for Durant, it's terrible, like, this might have extended the dynasty for into the next decade if he decides, I just want the security of staying there. Um, first of all, like, why is that, is it security? This is the same team that played him 12 or 14 minutes. And like, I think, I think there's a lot of, uh, I think it's really complicated and we'll, we, pro- we may never know the truth, but I think that this could, this event could push him out of Golden State. Yeah. Uh, more so than incentivize him to stay based on just like, I, again, we'll never know, but like it's how pressured he was to play how fresh. Yeah. Where was that coming from? Why did Bob Myers feel the need to do that press conference, which was literally the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, what, wait, what, what was, so, what, what did you find so bizarre about it? I'm not saying I disagree. I just want to, when you tease it out a little bit, I he didn't really have uh, a lot of concrete information, and yet decided to do a press conference in which he reportedly would not take questions from the national media. And if you just say, like, why not just have a press release saying this was this is an Achilles injury and Kevin is flying to New York to have an MRI done or whatever? I mean, it was forget about even like the the emotion that was on display which you know i've never seen bob myers cry before but i it was i did once or twice okay cool <laughs> um it was just it was just really well, well, he did he did he did seem he did also take the blame for it right i mean yeah. not, not well he, he kind of said well i i think just to, just to just because that's the society we live in now and everyone's going to take shots and sling arrows and he's saying all right if you're going to do it it'll, and he, he seemed to kind of say, he didn't fully take it. He's like, if you got to blame someone, I guess blame me. So maybe he was trying to deflect something, or maybe he felt like he needed to, because they did really press him to do it. But at the same time, you watch the guy, you watch him in warm-up, you, you watch him throwing down dunks and dancing in the in yeah. the hallway, and, and he didn't look like someone who was super concerned. I mean, obviously it was in his mind, but it was, was in any part thinking that he was risking potentially his career by playing. No, and there was no no minutes limit. Just a, it's just a really, really bizarre situation, and I I come back and keep wondering who exactly Bob Myers was speaking to during that press conference. Was he speaking to Kevin? Was he speaking to Joe Lacob? Was he speaking to future free agents? Was he speaking to his current players? Uh, like I I just wonder because we don't have all the information and we don't know just how much dissent there was internally about playing him uh was he's i mean it's just a really complicated thing and it, it is really fascinating and i hope we we someday get all the information to really kind of clarify exactly what happened leading up to that night i kind of took it as that was his stab of like keeping durant me too 
Like that was the oh yeah, uh, that, yeah. that was that was just like this is the form to do it in. Like any if I do it at any other time, like it's not going to seem as genuine as if I do it right in the heat. You know, afterwards there's going to be all sorts of speculation anyway. So I'm just going to come out now, take no questions, try to lay it all on the line, and and absorb the blame exactly, and the let the chips fall where they will after this. I uh, wonder. This is me speculating. I wonder if, like, if it was a specific, you know, concern of, hey, you could, like, injure. I know someone said uh, that Steve Kerr was told that the injury could not get worse, which, by the way, is so stupid to me on so many levels. Just, I'm not a doctor, but the human body, like, everything everything can get worse. I don't, I, I just, I don't get that. But like the idea that, okay, if you were to play uh, an Achilles injury would not even be possible. This does not increase the probability of that, uh, which again, I'm not a doctor, but that just seems really unlikely to me. And so, you know, like Steve Kerr, uh, how is he feeling right now for playing Kevin as often as he did? How much regret and guilt does he feel? I think it's just like a really, there's just so many emotions. And I think it's catastrophic for this team, particularly if they lose on Thursday night. There's also the question of like, because there's also that weird distinction of whether it was initially really a calf injury or an Achilles injury. Right. So, like, so maybe, you know, that was their way of, maybe they're referencing the calf. Like the calf's not going to get worse by playing on it while totally skipping over the the maybe initial Achilles problem. Now, who knows, right? This is all speculation, but that could be one way to sort of be telling the truth without, you know, really commenting on what you what, what you're supposed to be. Yeah. It's it's a lot of stuff, a lot of layers there that will sort itself out in the next few weeks and perhaps beyond, especially you know, if Durant gets out of there, we'll probably obviously hear the full story. Did, did you guys think it was an Achilles injury when you first saw it? The, I, haven't, I haven't watched that. I haven't watched that replay yet. I, I haven't. I haven't been able to bring myself to it. But when you were watching live, what did you think? What's the injury? Yeah, yeah I thought I mean, it was done. What, yeah, like I knew. I knew it was done. Either he like popped his calf, or it was the Achilles. Like it was something happened. That I was thought serious. it was. I thought that the first time too, though. You know, it's uh, yeah. that's why I was sort of like, take like you know, kind of the to. To control my immediate reaction, because when it happened the first time, I thought that he he tore his Achilles. So it was just again, we just we just never knew what it really was. It was so hard to to jump to any conclusions. It's just a total bummer. I feel bad for the guy. Obviously, Um, I guess B Rob, do you want to? Should we move on to our uh, next conversation here about? Well, well, let's just to wrap up this one. Okay. In terms of like Kyrie and the Celtics and stuff. So like, Mm -hmm. what? Where do you guys if? Say, you know, he, Durant's staying put, and Kawhi's going, I mean, Kawhi's going west, mm-hmm. and Kyrie says he'll come back for a year. A year? So like for one and one, like he wants a one and one. Hell no. Do you do you do a situation like that? Do you, or do you need a long-term deal to, to take him back? I need a long-term deal. Yeah, he didn't earn, he didn't earn himself a one and one. With the Celtics, as far as I'm concerned, but if if the one and one also gets you AD, like to say maybe I'll stay. I'm not saying 
there's a zero percent chance that the Celtics would agree to that, but I am saying that that's just not a good situation. <laughs> I mean, we know so that. they might do it, that's... but you wouldn't agree with the decision if they do do it. If they did do it, I could see where they were coming from, but I would also be, you know, pretty weary. Like after everything that just happened, what would be the difference going for? I mean, like, would he be less moody? or because ad is there or like i don't know and then you also just risk hey if you don't win the championship there then i mean you'd feel this risk anyway if you traded for ad but then what happens like if they both decide to peace out and go sign with the lakers or whatever you know like i did i did check in with the with the front office on the uh the Kyrie cult theory and they, they didn't think very much of it okay <laughs> just for the record i'm glad okay. good um, Good investigation. Yeah. I mean, I, so should, should, we, should we do our, our, our like uh, update our one through ten real quick? Because I was I was a two last episode. I yeah. Think go, I think I'm going back up to a three and a half. Oh. On Kyrie's return to the Celtics. I'm a two and a half. At times, I'm not. That's not much movement here. I still think that there's. I still think Brooklyn going hard after AD is a real big possibility here to to lock in Kyrie. So it was still with the Allen Levert, Allen Levert picks, um, D'Angelo on a potential signing trade if they want him. They well, I, to... I think this is a good slide into our next conversation, which is the the comments that David Griffin made recently, or not comments, I should say, a report from Adrian Wojnarowski about how David Griffin wants. He's been exploring. Um, three team trades that can get him everything that, that he desires. And so looking at what the Nets have to offer, I, I... Well, let's actually, Mike, let's look at the, the actual request from Griffin for the trade too. So, quote, he's looking for an all-star player, a young player of all-star potential, and two first-round picks, lead sources, told Wojnowski, obviously... Um, he clarifies those wants are on a sliding scale. For example, the better the player, the softer the request on the draft picks and vice versa. So that's, I guess we'll start here. Like what, is there any chance he gets all of that? Yeah. Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, and picks. <laughs> there it is. A all current star, all-star future player. All-star. All right. One a year, guy, two years removed. A guy who's entering unrestricted entering a contract year and his agent just had a splashy profile in which in all caps i believe (laughs) says we are entering free agency in 2020 so no i don't think he's gonna get all that and i'm sure david griffin reading that is throwing things against the wall because that just kills so much leverage that they would have had Mike, was that an email exchange that they did that interview over? Do you think, or did he tell them tell them put put this in all caps? No, it was uh, it was in his office. There was a, a whole scene. Okay. And also, I th- I'm pretty sure that the interview took place in March, which is also interesting because a lot, obviously, a, a ton of stuff has happened. Oh since wow, then, that's but, very that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think though that the the Durant injury increases the Pelicans' leverage here, though. Like even after Rich Paul's comments. You mean because, because it kills the competition exactly. on court? Yeah. Exactly. Like it's going to make these teams more desperate. Mm. So who, 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 and again, I don't disagree with you, but who, who's more desperate? Which teams do you think? Like the Nets, 
the Knicks, right. and potentially like maybe even the Clippers if they want to get Kawhi. Is the is the word desperate or is it just incentivized? Incentivized, like not yeah. desperate. Like none of these teams are are truly desperate, except for uh, the, I, Knicks. the Knicks are desperate. But like Lakers. the Nets, the Nets have a good upside. You know, the Clippers have good upside regardless um, in terms of how they're building. But yeah, like this is you know the the Lakers and the the Knicks have a shitload on the line here. Mm. And one less option to that can conceivably help them right away, which they both clearly are trying for. So I do think Griffin, you know these these Rich Paul like the Celtics comments like and the 2020 free agency comments like he wasn't going to sign a no team figured he was going to sign an extension anyway because it made him no financial sense for him to do so no matter where he went. Mm-hmm. So like. That I don't think Rich Paul's comments changed the game too much from that standpoint. No, because I think everyone knows him at this point. You know, and I think I think it's good. It's good for him. It's good publicity for him. Mike, real quick, do you really think that? Let's just say LeBron has had retired, right? Let's say yeah. it's it's five years from now. You think that he would be saying the same things about the Lakers and the Knicks and the Celtics, Rich Paul? Like, do you think that LeBron's existence as his client is affecting the way he's handling this deal? The Anthony Davis situation. Probably yes. I who knows how Anthony Davis. This was a big like uh, like there was a lot of words about this exact topic in the piece, which I recommend everyone read. But I also think that Anthony, if if this is truly what Anthony Davis wants, which. Look, Anthony Davis is the one who signed with Rich Paul in the first place. Then I don't think that LeBron has, but it's really it's like impossible to disentangle all of this because I don't think that Anthony Davis would be that interested in the Lakers if LeBron wasn't there. So, right, no, that's true. Because and I'm looking now, he signed with Clutch in only last September. So it hasn't even been a year. So you got to imagine before he did that, there had to be some meeting where he's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to attack it, right? You would assume. Right. And and Rich Paul also denies taking blame for uh, for everything that was public. And he kind of blames Del Demps because, according to Rich Paul, he went to Del Demps and told Del Demps about Anthony Davis's... Uh, you know, Actually, I have, I have the quote right here. Want me to read it real quick? Sure. It was just said, it was necessary to go public. When I told you, he's talking about Demps, when I told you, here's our intentions, and you say, hey, let me talk to ownership, and, as, and instead of you talking to ownership, you call Anthony Davis, that's called being ignored. Trying to get between a player and his agent is a no-no. Every, every GM knows that. Okay, I mean, I, I don't really buy that is it would make sense that the GM would want to establish some sort of sort of conversation, I think, with the player. I'm sure that the Celtics and Kyrie have those conversations as well, or had those conversations. But I don't, I don't necessarily see how that was the impetus to like now we must go public. And who's to say that he did talk to ownership? You know, I guess these are all these are all the questions that we have. But I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily buy that explanation. Mm. Yeah. But okay, so I mean, can, I guess we—it's—I have nothing. Right, to we say. can talk circles about about, yeah. about this, but um, 
so I guess now, B-Rob, good time to move on and kind of discuss the other players. Look, I, I think, so we have in our outline right now, uh, you know, there's a lot of players whose names have come up as, you know, non-Anthony Davis potential trade targets for the Celtics. And connected to David Griffin's three-way team uh uh, report about that's what he wants and he wants an all-star and he wants a player who can become an all-star and all that. What I find interesting is these rumors that the Celtics have been involved in with guys like Clint Capella, uh, Mike Conley, and on its face, these deals are really tricky to pull off and don't make a lot of sense for the Celtics. But this is, I mean, it's fair to say now that this is more about the Celtics acquiring these players to then move for AD, or am I reading this incorrectly? Um, well, I mean, the Clint Capella rumor, I I just don't trust it at all in terms of, like, a realistic scenario, because if you're, the only way the Celtics can really pull off that deal is by trading A, Marcus Smart, which I don't think you do for Clint Capella. I mean, am I wrong on that? Who do you think? No, no, you're right. And it's so tricky for the Celtics to make really any trade without, because they really don't have the contracts. No. So... Or you're trading Al Horford. Like, which again, if you're trading for AD and you're getting rid of Horford to do it, I think, I mean, obviously it's an upgrade, but like, I don't think you're, that gets you to closer to a contender status necessarily in terms of where the end result is. Well, I mean, the Rockets were pretty close. To, I mean, I know you have Harden. Obviously, that's that's the big the big missing piece. But you know, they were pretty close to contender status with Capella at center. And this guy, this guy signed. Oh, they were contenders. He, he right. He signed. He signed through twenty three, and and isn't going to make more than twenty million dollars a year. Oh no! Like I, I like him as a as like a if you're going to stay young, and Horford wants out, then yeah, by all means. But if Horford wants to stay. And you want you're still in win now mode. I don't think that's a, a, I, a step forward. I like Capella as a starting center in the Houston Rockets, playing with two of the best passers in the right. league. I don't think that he is, frankly, very good uh, outside of that system and with those players. So, like personally, I I, I think he's an awful fit for the Celtics and. That really doesn't make any sense to me beyond the beyond them trying to acquire him, and then move him and then flip him immediately. But that's just my take. That's why I don't really put too much stock in that. Um, What's his peak? Just a shorter DeAndre Jordan, basically. Pretty much. I yeah maybe I maybe. I don't know if he'll ever be as good defensively. So yeah I, I don't know. He was outplayed by Kevon Looney. <laughs> in uh in in that series and pretty dramatically so i mean I mean, he was out of shape all year right like since he got that contract like there he has a an issue with endurance and conditioning that i think is respiratory related and i, I don't really know but i just i wouldn't i just don't i'm not very high on him and uh yeah so that, i mean that's my take on that but like i guess the other thing that I think we should talk about the other angle here is if you were the Celtics and you all of a sudden wanted to shift gears and instead of 
you didn't want to necessarily go into a full rebuild, but you also were kind of kissing AD goodbye. Would you be one of the? Would you be interested in being one of the three teams in a in a hypothetical three team deal that basically you help whoever receives Anthony Davis by say taking one of their players off of uh, their hands and giving them say the fourteenth and the twentieth pick or something to kind of increase their their assets to acquire ad am i making any sense do you guys get what i'm saying it makes sense the problem is you you can't really do that because you're over the cap so you have to give something up to get something even if you're trading picks yeah i tried to figure things out with the trade machine and and get a a deal that makes sense and it's been because you don't have fruitless yeah you don't have the promise you don't i would be all for that like behind that idea, Mike, it's a smart one. And it's one that Celtics have taken advantage of before, but you, in order to do that successfully, you either have to have a trade exception already or under the cap and the C's have neither. So maybe again, if, if how, if Al Horford decides he wants out and then you could potentially work him in. Um, if Kyrie Irving decides he wants out and you can figure out a sign and trade maneuvering as part of that package, that's, you know, possibility there's no question mike zarin has probably run through 100 possibilities on this and right. the one thing he does well is not one thing one of the main things he does well <laughs> he does tricky very well yes so that, exactly that, so that's, if, that's 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 something that that will work to Celtics advantage exactly yeah. so if My, the Celtics can get something out of it they will i will just be it'll be hard to fit all the pieces together and mike, yeah mike real quick on, on what you said too is i think whether or not it can happen one thing i think we can say for pretty sure is that if the Celtics do have to concede on AD, right? Let's just say they, it's not going to happen. They won't care what they, like. They, they won't care about doing something that makes it easier for someone else as long as they can better their situation. You know, because I think they it was a Keith Bogans. They, they had some part in, in helping and helping Cleveland shed some of the money to sign yeah. LeBron that second time. That was Tyler Zeller. The Tyler Zeller, Marcus Thornton, right? Um, and, and, and they, they got they, a first uh, round pick too for it. And they also uh, made it possible. Danny Ainge made it possible for the Pistons to get Rashid uh, yep. the year that they won it too. Uh, so I think the track record shows that he'll he'll block all that other stuff out and and work within the vacuum of making the Celtics a little bit better, regardless of what of what else is happening. David yeah. Griffin owes Danny Ainge favors. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's, that's the bottom line here. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, like I'm thinking a uh, hypothetically like I think a really good case scenario for the Celtics if they can't get AD would be like, let's say David Griffin is not interested in Brandon Ingram, but wants another lottery pick. Then there's so, so, some way I, I tried to figure out how this could be possible. And I don't think it may not be, um, or someone smarter could figure it out, but the Celtics basically get Ingram ship out the 14th pick, but it's like we, all in one, one massive deal. I, but I, so that's like that, a, that could work, Mike, you'd have to like, but you would, you could, You'd have to be like, all right, Pokins, you're taking Yabu then. So the money works there. So something like that. And then you obviously can attach picks to Yabu as part of some like huge, you know, you know, three team deal or four team deal or however it works. So something like that is possible in theory if it's a small, small salary like Ingram's. Yeah. What about a uh, real quick, like 
would you have any interest in Chris Paul? Um, no. Because <laughs> for what? For like Gordon Hayward? Um, I guess it would have to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want anything. I, I, I don't know. So what's like? Who's he playing with in this in this scenario? That's very important to me. Because if, if you're just if you're just replacing, I mean, I, you can't just replace Kyrie with Paul, but like surrounding him with that situation, I don't think is a is good for anybody. I don't think it's good for the young guys. I don't think it's good for Chris Paul. Do you give? Uh, well, I still think you would be. You could. You would still be a pseudo contender, right? I mean, in this scenario. Wait, I'm trying to think on the. Fly. Are you getting AD in this scenario too, yeah, or no? I'm trying to think on the fly why the what the what incentive the Rockets would. Would the Would the Rockets have. do Chris Paul for Hayward? I I don't know. Would they? I don't think so. Probably not, right? I'm trying to think. Does that make them better? I, like who is? <laughs> but like, would That's they the do it? Chris Paul's memoir, by the way, to be pseudo contender. <laughs> oh man. I love Chris Paul, but like, w- like would the Celtics, like, would they have to give up another asset, like the twenty second pick, and a deal like that? Like, I, I don't even know the values here, and it, it, trades like that like barely ever happen. But, um, but those two would, teams they'll have a, a very nice working relationship, or at least chemistry. The guess two what? Front offices. Guess mm-hmm. what? Chris Paul's making in twenty twenty one. Forty two. Forty four million, and he'll be forty four years old. So I think that, <laughs> that, that works out pretty well. But Danny's already. Danny tried to get him. 12 years ago. Um, he tried to get him, uh, I think, seven years ago. That's so. true. He was, in, he was in for a physical, even. Whoa. Yeah. For before he went to... We, we can put that with the Daniel Tice. <laughs> the, the Daniel Tice uh, breaking thing. I don't know. But, but, yeah, I forget, I forget what year it was exactly. When, whenever Chris Paul must landed... Must have been more recently. Maybe before he landed with the Clippers? Yeah, before, yeah. That must have... Uh, it was pre-Rondo's ACL. I know that, right? Yeah, it was it was like it was like twelve or thirteen or it was it was. I thought it was eleven. Yeah, I it could have been that long. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't any remotely recent. Yeah. He said in a video though, I think before he went to the Rockets, that he was looking at them that off season too. Before he yeah. opted in and got the trade to Houston, I'm also he was looking at the Celtics. Ball. Yeah, huh. like when the Celtics had cap room. Hmm. Interesting. Um. I love Chris Paul. I thought he, he still can be a really, really good player on a big stage, as we saw in that series against the Warriors. I thought he was really good in that series. Um, that's a lot of money, for sure. But in a scenario <laughs> where you have, you're pairing him with AD, I, like... Yeah, that's exciting. I think that that could win the title. That's just my... I, I'm trying to think about who else would be in this in the situation like i guess well you're alienating your coach Mm. Eh. by by trading gordon yeah he knows it's a business he knows what's up i don't know and it's also like you're not trading gordon hayward to the orlando magic i mean it's a pretty good landing spot for him but yeah i get i see i see it and maybe you're and maybe you're getting chris paul you know the that's the one thing that when everyone talks about bringing all these max players together and like the 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 expectation to have immediate success. I mean, a huge part of the way the Celtics did in, in 08 is that those three guys were just ready for it. You know, Ray, KG, and Paul were ready to, to come and, and make the sacrifices they needed because they all wanted a title. And maybe Chris Paul is finally there. You know, he can put some of this, his bullshit aside because let's let's be honest. Like 
his teammates with the Clippers did not enjoy playing with him. Like, that wasn't that wasn't a good situation for Blake and DeAndre by the end. Give me so, if you're trading Gordon, give me Mike Conley. I would take Mike Conley. I think over over Paul right now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, obviously the the salary as well. I mean, and when you're saying that so that someone has a more favorable or less favorable contract than Mike Conley, then you're really saying something. Yeah, I tried to basically. I think there's there there aren't a lot of players who kind of fit this mold, but like, I tried to figure out a way that the Celtics could get someone like Stephen Adams and give up things to try to get a to flip to the Pelicans, like. I think that that route is really interesting. I just don't know what what players are out. Like I like I I don't think the Pelicans would be interested in someone like Demar Derozan. Although maybe they would be. Like there's just a lot of it's not a lot of options to to do the the to try to get uh, attractive players and then flip them. And it's just it's it, it's probably too complicated. Can I ask uh, you guys a quick one through ten? Yeah, Check ranking. Chances of uh, Rajon Rondo playing another game for the Boston Celtics? Oh, God. Three. Three is high. I was going to say, I'll take three. Three? Really? I'm out. I might even say three and a half. I'll say one. Yeah, you don't, you don't see it? No. What about Isaiah? That's a zero for me. <laughs> Nothing's a zero in the NBA. One. Which... The problem for me with Isaiah is, when I, I think you're talking about the tweet, right? No, I'm just talking like... Just generally? In general. Well, I guess the problem for me is, you know, the tweet was, you know, give me another chance and we'll see that happen again. The fact that he still has that mindset is what concerns me. Right. I agree. I don't think you can... I don't think you can do it based on his expectations. Um, one last one to ten. Um, odds Gordon Hayward is on the Celtics next year. Seven and a half. Um, six. Wow. I think it's like, I think it's nine. Based on how Danny talked about him last week. Eh, yeah. Hey guys, uh, uh, 11 minutes ago, mm-hmm. NBA TV, Kyrie Irving is not opting into his deal with the Celtics next season is becoming a free agent. Wow. Stunner. Via, via the athletics, so I imagine that's chance. T- but turning down, turning down twenty one million dollars. Yep. <laughs> Which means that the Celtics can uh trade for Anthony Davis. Because Ooh, yeah, there you go. He is not yes. uh, they can uh, the rules have been lifted there. We might have to spend a whole podcast based on how this all a future one talking about the the crazy intricacies of the CBA and how this whole uh, rebuilding path was sidetracked by the the stupid rolls rule preventing the Celtics from trading for AD while Kyrie was under contract. I think that an autopsy will probably be necessary. Regard, like yeah, touching on that, I think there's a lot of different I mean, there's a things. lot, but that that's so because I mean. Do you guys think they make that trade in February for AD, if they could? Yeah, I do. Like right there, right? I agree. Of course they do. Right. And and the Lakers the Lakers can't trade for AD until July, right? Why not? 
I saw this the other day. I'm I'm, I'm looking for it right now. But something about all something about all the one the one year deals that they signed in the off season won't. They come can. Off they won't. Then. They won't they have cap space they, if they trade for him now. Like it, it limits their cap space. They can for though. free agent. They can do it, but it will it will make it harder to sign a, a max free agent if they do it now. There, it's much easier for them to sign a max free agent. First yeah, maybe maybe that's trade. what it is. Just that they wouldn't do it right before. Because that. you can trade ball you can trade in there's just a lot of players you can trade but then there's you can't trade like lance or rondo or kcp guys who are becoming free agents you could not trade i have one more piece of breaking news wow wow it, a lot of stuff happened while we were recording this according to sports by brooks i don't know if you guys uh follow him but uh not only will michelle beetle not return as the host of uh, nba countdown next season but chauncey and paul pierce will not return as full-time analysts I think that's a win for Celtics fans. Well, he has to uh, focus on his CBD company, which is truth. obviously going to take off. Yeah, the truth. <laughs> find, find your truth. What's your truth? Is that the slogan? Yeah, CBD will lead you will lead you down the path to truth. Uh, something tells me that Paul Pierce knew about this uh, quite some time ago based on uh, his actions on television, but... I guess we'll never know. I'm very, I'm very pleased that he will not be on there anymore. And I love I, Paul. We all I love agree. Paul, but yes. it, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good situation. No. Assistant coach on the Celtics next year. Ooh, maybe that's the, maybe that's the guy we need to, to uh, connect with the players a little bit better. He says he didn't want to coach. I asked him a couple of years ago. We'll see if that changes. Um, I think we covered everything here. Mike Conley trade's not happening unless you trade Gordon Hayward. We wrote about that at Boston Sports Journal today, so don't don't buy into that. Uh, well, you wouldn't have to necessarily trade him to the Grizzlies, but right, you'd have to move his money or move Horford to make it work. Um, so that's again. Could get tricky if if they get a three or four team involved there. There's you know some intricacies there that they can maybe get around it. But you're you're moving you're moving a big name off your roster if you want to get Conley in. So um, that seems like a long shot. But who knows? Maybe again, you guys you guys were lower on Gordon than I thought you'd be being here next year. I I just think. I'm just basing that on just generally everything is so fluid right now and the summer is going to be insane. And yeah, that's what I'm basing it on. I'm not, so I didn't go lower than five basically. <laughs> yeah. When, when Steph and Kawhi both go down with two okay. year injuries in the next game, we'll have, we'll have to, <laughs> to update this. It's crazy. This league is so nuts. Every time you think we think we've reached like a settling point a little bit, even for a week with this podcast, the next day, everything changes. It doesn't exist. Nope. <laughs> Well, buckle up, folks. Uh, we got less or just over a week to the draft, just over two weeks till free agency. Uh, we'll be back with you guys um, maybe later this week, definitely by early next week, to uh, break down what happened in the rest of the finals and to figure out what other what the next dominoes are is to fall here. Maybe maybe we'll be talking about a trade at that point, guys. Hopefully. Thursday Hopefully night. Will happen. Thursday the NBA night. draft next Thursday night. Gonna be a big night, uh, but we'll get to you guys before then as well.